I had a couple of different things I wanted to talk about. And, you know, from anywhere from taxes, it's it's almost tax, is it tax season technically? It's almost tax season. Uh, I'm thinking about doing my taxes and, and so kind of a mind boggling and nerve wracking thing to, to think about having to start doing, even though you do it every year. But at this point, like, okay, I got to get it done. How am I going to do that? You know, TurboTax, go somewhere and spend a whole bunch of money to do it. Uh, That's where I'm at with that. I also want to talk about my recent car buying experience. I'm getting there. I'm kind of on the verge of having another car. Not another car. Well, I'm getting, well, I will have another car. And uh, did a lot of research. Hopefully, Hopefully it, it's going to go okay, but we'll go to the phones here. Number three, and, and Tom have been waiting. I'll go to number three here in a sec. Number three, you're on the air. Go ahead. I thought maybe you overslept. <laughs> I should have overslept the way that I, started. I, that wasn't me calling up to give you hell. I wouldn't do that. I just well, thought I knew maybe that. I'd have to go call Mike Hayes up and tell him to get down to the shop there. <laughs> yeah. You got it You got it covered? Some buttons in here were pushed or not pushed that were spo- are usually pushed, and then if you don't, if you don't just have a keen eye for for that when you're you know the new guy ish, that, that was the AM people that screwed it up because you always know what you're doing, right? <laughs> well, no, I don't. That's the whole point. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to praise you up, and you don't go along with me. What's that? I say I'm trying to praise you up that you're a smart man and you don't go. No, along I'm with me. I'm a I'm a ba- reverse reverse of I'm humble, I guess, in that regard. Okay, well, we'll hear more about your car buying experience now you can tell us about it okay don't forget to kick all four tires <laughs> I, that's kind of the point i'm buying it remotely so i'm not actually going to be able to kick oh the my tires until i get it all for one of them tricks <laughs> yeah well, good I'm luck gonna, all right thanks for the call all right uh that was number three tom's been waiting patiently tom how are you listening to the show on fm you're not broadcasting. Oh, I wasn't. Bro- I was curious because you called in and then you didn't like mention, "Hey, Rick." By the way, I don't think you're on the air. <laughs> oh, anyway, I have a question about yesterday's program. Yeah, we about had uh, Thomas Moses. Manley from Moses in here uh, talking about the conference yeah. coming up Thursday this weekend. Yeah, I have a question. Are they going to have a special award for the oldest farmer president and the youngest farmer president? I mean that would be something interesting to uh that that would be something interesting. I don't think they will. They're having awards for Farmer of the Year on Thursday. That's part of that celebration he was talking about from uh five to eleven PM. But uh okay. no, that would be are you gonna go to that down downtown? No, no. I just thought that that'd be a really good idea to get the young one to look at the old one and go, Boy, oh boy, I hope I make it that far. <laughs> well would he would he would the young one look at the old one and say, Boy, I hope I make it that far or look at the old oldest farmer and go, Boy, I better find a new job. <laughs> anyway, that's all I wanted. Okay, I'm sorry I didn't get to that yesterday. That would have been that's uh okay. would have been a good question. That's okay. Thank you. Yep, thanks a lot. Yeah, we had Thomas Manley on yesterday with Moses. Uh, I thought it was a too short of a show, honestly. I think we could I think we can all relate to uh I, I don't know if we can relate to the plight of the farmer. I'm not really sure if that's the case. Um I've I grew up my uncles have farms. I grew up sort of on farms in that regard. I mean, I didn't literally grow up on a farm. The next door neighbors got a barn and we played in that empty barn a lot. Uh, but the, you know, the farming I did is, a, you know, baling hay as a 
high school kid or you know even middle school kid and and going and going to my uncle's farmer once in a while but I actually my older brother worked on that farm but I didn't have to I didn't have to I will say uh do anything on on the farm too much the only thing I really remember is is helping a calf being born and that whole process was super interesting so we I think we tied a rope around the calf and pulled it out I don't I, I, I like to pretend that I remember I was helping pull that rope even though I was real little. But I, I, in all reality, reality, I probably wasn't. But uh, yeah, pretty big, pretty big dairy farm. Haven't been there in a while. But know quite a bit, know, know some. Know some of what it takes to be a farmer and, and the hard work and the fact that you really don't get vacation. And um, Yeah, if you ever think about like what, you know, farmers work for themselves, right? So... You, you know, is there a, there's probably like a farm network out there where, you know, they have insurance, but farmers, they don't get, they don't get vacation unless they have a lot of hired hands working for them. And then you're trusting somebody with your, your home essentially, right? Or your home and your animals. If you go on vacation, what do you do with your dog, right? Well, if you go on vacation, what do you do with your hundred cattle or your pigs or your, you know, they're probably all your babies to some extent. They would be for me. I don't know if I'd be able to be a farmer because I just I'd want to just keep all the babies, keep all the the animals as my pets, and and not abuse them in any way or not give them you know up for whatever it is that we do with animals at the end of their time. Uh, yeah. So there's a tangent. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Winona Sugarloaf four talk at text line. Um, also, yeah, the car buying experience number three is ripping on me for for that without uh, even knowing. It was pretty interesting though the the I've bought two cars in the last 12 years so two very different experiences one was I needed a truck I thought I needed a truck anyway ever anyone ever needs a truck really in uh in a radio job but live out where I do and and four wheel drive comes in handy oftentimes in the winter so at one point a couple of years ago me and Mitch who used to do the show in here? We we went searching for trucks. I I would I would be like, Mitch, check this out. I found this truck on Craigslist. So this is probably four four years ago, three four years ago. And uh, one time we we drove up to Wabasha. I want the the idea was I wanted a F one fifty that was old enough because this is what my dad said, old enough that he could still work on. So not a whole lot of computer gadgets in there. Just the you know internal combustion engine, change in oil, transmission. If something's wrong with it, Dad will know how to fix it, and and, uh, and the the parts won't be super expensive, right? Because the the older vehicles, you know, as long as there are parts, as long as you're not buying a you know a foreign car, right? Like sometimes the parts are expensive, more expensive for those cars, I believe. Uh, maybe in maybe even more so if they're older cars, but you know the F one fifty ninety six F one fifty, it's prevalent everywhere. And not hard to find parts for. So we go up to Wabasha area to look at this truck I found on Craigslist. And looking back at it, I'm like, yeah, the, the pictures, I probably should have like asked a couple more questions before we drove an hour to check out this truck. We get up there. The idea is I wanted an old truck, but I didn't want a whole lot of rust on it. Because what's the point of buying a rusty car? And and especially around here, like that's that's going to be hard to come by, right? Like You're not going to find a, a 15-year-old or older car with rust on it without rust on it so uh and that's what the craigslist ad said you know f-150 no rust uh runs great all that jazz so we go up and look at it we get up there 
and the truck didn't have rust on it, but it was covered in essentially tar. He just tarred the whole truck over. So whatever rust was on it, he grinded off and tarred over it. And that's what the truck was. And I was like, you know, those pictures were pretty dark. Maybe I should have been smarter about that. And uh, so so we get up there and we see the truck four minutes, not even four, 45 seconds later. I'm like, okay, well, this was a waste of trip. And he's like, well, we should probably drive it since we, you know, just, just, you know, I don't even know why we drove it. We did take it for a real quick test drive. Did smell a little gassy in the cabin, not because of us, but because of, you know, the way the truck smelled, maybe the way the exhaust worked. Uh, so that hour there, seven minutes of looking at a truck, an hour back, uh, and that that was my first Craigslist, Craigslist experience in the last you know decade of of looking for a car, and then I found one in Holman, uh, and and ended up being a California truck. I, I get there and it's no rust on it, so I'm like, wow, this is this is it, and I think they wanted like seven grand for it. I bought, I brought five grand, had it in the car. Um, brought Mitch again with me because Mitch is very smart. If you guys haven't figured that out after 10 years of listening to him on the radio, he's a he's pretty well-rounded, smart guy. So I like to bring him into all my decisions, my life decisions. Uh, I didn't bring him in on the civic decision, but I know he would approve, maybe. Uh, so we go and look at this truck at home in, and, and I'm like, yeah, this is it. And he's like, yeah, it looks good. You know, no, no rust on it. It runs fine. We took it around. Uh, it did have giant mutters on it, which we were both very impressed with. Uh, it was a Baja truck of all things in California, apparently. So uh, talking to the guy, I'm like, yeah, so you you want seven grand for it. Uh, you know, How much could you come down? You Would you come down to like five grand? And he's like, well, I got some other people pretty interested in it. You know, so I, I got to think about it. Let me let me make a call. So the guy makes a call, uh, calls, a, calls whoever he calls, right? And he's talking for a while and kind of looks at me he's like well this is a high school kid and he's asking his mom if he's going to be able to get, if he's going to be able to get money to buy this truck and we both just kind of laugh we're like really this is this is what we're competing with and uh, eventually mom says no to the high school kid who wants to buy this 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 truck with giant mutters on it and and the guy comes back to me and he's like well you know 5 grand's a little low i was thinking you know maybe like 6500 so he comes down 500 to my 2000 he's like when do you think you would be able to get the money and I just I, I point over to my car and I'm like it's it's right there it's in my car it's right right now I can give you the money right now and he's like what whoa what are we doing like yes yeah, sold and then I was a little nervous I'm like whoa you sold that for two grand cheaper than you were asking uh, a lot quicker than I thought and uh, so then I had a truck with giant motors on it and I drove it around for a couple of days thinking I was pretty cool but then I was like well we got to get rid of these motors because this is ridiculous drove it home. Because then you got to have dad inspect it, right? And then dad figures out I was driving it around with, uh, without not transmission fluid because that would have been a disaster, but something maybe in the differential or just something like that. Something uh, completely not, just completely dry. <laughs> so dad's like, you're lucky you didn't ruin this thing. I'm like, well, that's why we got it, right? Because you like to fix on things. So uh, th- that was my last car buying experience until this one. And um, I will say this one, I, I did a lot more stuff online and I literally bought it online. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. If you have uh, similar car buying experiences, similar, not similar, but interesting car buying experiences that you can shoot me a, a text, give me a call in the Winona Sugarloaf Ford talking text line 608-785-7914. I'm glad to be on the air. I'm just rambling now because I'm a little nervous after being off the air for a little bit because a button wasn't pushed and it's embarrassing. But all right, we'll be back. Got Scott's comment in the news coming up. 
And uh, I'll ramble some more unless you guys want to call me. 608-785-7914. All right, we'll be back on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Just rambling about the last time I bought a car and kind of getting to the next time I'm going to buy a car, which is right around the corner. Checks in the mail, literally. They're just waiting for it because I didn't buy a car in town or in the state or in this region. <laughs> so it's a little nerve-wracking. I'll get to that, but I, I if you watch on Facebook Live, I put a 62-year-old Marine planked for eight hours. I just That was my subject for the... Because I just I saw that yesterday, and then I saw it again today in another feed, and reminded me. I'm like, oh yes, let's, we should talk about this. Uh, uh, so yeah, a 62 year old former marine, or what do we call him, retired marine? No, marines are never retired. There's a way to say marine after they're done being an active marine, but I can't. I can't remember. Uh, not that they get offended by that, but some people will correct you. But uh, a, a marine, a 62 year old marine, retired marine. Planked for eight hours, 15 minutes, 15 seconds. If you don't know what planking is, you, you, you lay on the ground, you put your elbows up, you lift yourself up, kind of like a push-up, but your elbows are up and then your toes are up. You're holding yourself up by your elbows and your toes. If, if, I, remember, if I remember completely correctly. Uh, it's been a while since I planked, but I mean, I can do it for a minute, I think. I haven't planked in a while. Probably could plank for a minute. Before my body starts shaking. I think my arms would start to shake. And then my legs. And then I would collapse. Out of breath. But man, this is impressive. 8 hours and 15 minutes and 15 seconds. So somebody has to record this too, right? It's a new Guinness Book of World Records record. New Guinness World Record. 8 hours, 15 minutes, 15 seconds of planking. Who has to watch this? Because that should also be a record. If you're watching somebody plank for 8 hours and 15 minutes then you have set the record for watching someone plank for eight hours. And I guess probably maybe multiple people, you could come in in shifts, right? Okay, I'm going to watch, what's his name? George Hood, his name is. I'm going to watch George plank for five minutes, and then somebody else is going to have to record this because I can't sit here and watch him plank for any any more time than that before I get super bored. And uh, <laughs> so they must have, must have had a whole team, right, of watching him plank. But he's from Naperville, Illinois, Uh he, uh, he lost this title at some point, trained every day. He said trained up to seven hours for 18 months. Trained every day for an average of seven hours for 18 months. 62 years old. Just makes you th- This is where you think like, man, I'm, I'm never going to get, I'm, I'm this age. Getting back in shape is going to be so hard. I mean, I think about this all the time. Not that I'm, I'm too old to get back in shape, but I'm like, all right, I need to, uh, I've been injured for a while. I need to get back in shape. Well, 62-year-old George Hood trained seven hours a day for 18 months to uh, reclaim his planking record. And so if you don't, you don't think you could do it, if you don't think you can, you know, get back at it in some form, work out, get in shape, you know, whether that's just walking or, or, or wanting to do something more active than that, starting with walking is like the best way to just kind of start getting back in shape and then move up from there. But you're just going to just... Just Google George Hood and check him out because he's he's pretty ripped and he's 62 and he planked for eight hours. That's ridiculous. They do have a judge, so there's someone with a clock there. I see in the picture. There's another lady watching. So I hope they I hope those those people didn't have to watch the whole time and they could go in and out. She is wearing a Team Hood shirt though, so maybe she's his coach. 
What do you do for eight hours while you plank? I wonder, is does he get to read a book? Someone turn the page for him? Uh, can he put his head up and watch TV? Maybe he's got a, I can't see, maybe he's got an iPad down between his arms where he can watch the iPad. And I wonder how efficient you have to be planking because there's bad form for planking. Uh, I doubt George had it, but... Um, like I said, I just saw this coming in. So there are very many details in this story that I'm looking at. Uh, man, the CNN story is really long for a guy that planked for eight hours. But I guess you want to know, like, how did he get there? What's your motivation? So very inspiring. Pretty cool. I don't recommend it. <laughs> if you're going you're gonna to set a record. I mean, that's an attainable record, maybe, planking in terms of... Uh, because playing is very good for you, I think. I mean, I don't think it's terrible for your back. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Eric from Sparta is calling. Eric called earlier to tell me I was off the air. Thank you for that. Um, another person yeah. called and, and yelled at me about it, but you were nice. You were nicer. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, are you going to watch the Clown Show tonight? You know, you know be in between uh, the socialists and the rest of the uh, clown gang. The, oh, the clown show. I was like, whoa, there's a clown show? Oh, you mean the Democratic, is there a debate tonight? Um, you tell me. I don't know. I don't I don't watch those. Well, it's going to be in, uh, they're going to go after Sanders tonight, and uh, they're all going to, uh, it's going to be an implosion on the Democrat party. These guys are nuts. Why? Why are they, why why are they nuts? Like as a group, they're nuts, or or what's nuts about it? They're all nuts. They're all nuts. There's a Sanders, a communist, uh, uh, a couple billionaires, and you got uh, this this goofy goofy Warren and uh, Buttigieg. Who the hell wants him kissing kissing his husband on TV? That's that's crazy. It's hideous. It's going to be a clown show. Period. I mean, it's... I, I said mention that. Uh, by the way, one more question. Yeah. Is uh, your buddy Keith coming on uh, Thursday again? It, well, every Thursday until until the end of days, which won't be long, the way the, the, way the country's going right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Uh, the clown show. I guess I guess there's a debate tonight. I don't watch the debates unless I'm just, oh, there, you know, I'll watch snippets of the debate, maybe. Um, not a big TV news guy. If I'm going to... If I'm going to take in any news, I'm going to try to read about it. And a lot of times when you, if you see a story, this story is sniped from another story. So you try to get to the original source of that story. Uh, the way, you know, if you're, if you're on the fringes of the internet sometimes, but uh, I guess maybe there's a democratic debate. We we could Google that Dem debate and see. Sanders set the face onslaught at Dem debate as gloves come off against frontrunner. That's the Fox News headline. How to watch tonight's Democratic debate in South Carolina. That's the Wired, the wired headline. How to watch. <laughs> turn, your, turn your YouTube channel on. Turn the TV on. Uh, don't watch it. Don't watch it at all. Just go read about each candidate's platform and, and decide for yourself. Uh, is anyone out there swayed one way or the other? In these debates, I don't, I don't know. It's funny how uh, I was, I was reading about. So there are a couple billionaires with Tom Steyer and Mike Bloomberg, right? And and Steyer doesn't get any delegates in in the last in in the last voting, 
but he was in fifth place among among the candidates only because he spent $14 million in that state while the rest of the candidates spent half of that money combined. So Tom Steyer just blowing, blowing millions to uh, in advertising to get his name out there. And, and when, which is kind of funny, right? Like if you just burn millions and millions of dollars more than everyone else, then, then you move up in the rankings. It would be funny if sports work like that or anything else. Uh, I think a lot of the other things maybe do work like that, but uh, not sports. I don't think, I don't think uh, though, though one could argue that maybe the NCAA football is decided based on money. 608-785-7914, the Sugarloaf Ford Talk and Text Line. I gotta get to my I gotta get to the rest of my story I'm on the car. I'm gonna burn a one minute of commercials here. We'll be back in one minute. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. The not Pearl Jam 10 version of Even Flow. I was getting mad when I select this version. Ugh. I just want to hear the version that I grew up with in high school. I traded a rap CD with a controversial song called Cop Killer on it from Ice T, Ice Cube. Ice T, his name, the rapper, the cop killer. You, you couldn't buy that CD anymore. For some reason, I bought it and had it. And then I traded it to a friend for Pearl Jam 10 because, of course, he would. It's like the best CD out there. Uh, Bob is waiting on hold. Bob, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, hi, Rick. Um, I'd just like to ask you a question. Um, you, made a, you talked to Eric just a few minutes ago, and you made a comment that the way our country is going, the end might be near. Yeah, it was a joke. Um, Joking. Oh, was a, end of days. It was a joke. Okay. Yeah, it's called sarcasm. Right. I didn't know. Yeah, um... You're not going to watch the debate tonight, then. I don't. I don't necessarily like watching debates. I got better things to do with my evening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want to, uh, you know, you to clarify what you said. That's fine. Okay, I'll let you go. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Bob. Uh, yep. I'm ninety percent of my life is spent being sarcastic and joking. So if I say something like the the world is going to end soon, I'm joking. Most likely, although coronavirus CDC today said uh, we better start getting serious about it. And uh, so maybe the end of days are near. I mean, you, you've seen enough, enough of these zombie movies, right? Where this virus spreads, starts real slow. It's kind of what we're watching. Are we watching the movie I Am, is it I Am Legend with Will Smith or uh, the one with Brad Pitt? There's all zombie movies, so I don't think anyone's turning into zombies, but uh, we just watch this virus slowly grow in one country, and then a couple trickle into our side of the hemisphere, our hemisphere, right? And then those numbers slowly start to grow, and we get, uh, and then by the time we figure it out, it's too late. Everyone's a zombie, except Will Smith and that group of people that found a woods with a giant bunker around it where they could they could you know start society over again with machine guns around around the bunker to kill all the zombies. Uh, that's where we're headed, I guess. I mean, uh, Jared Texan, there was a new drinking game mentioned this morning on your station. Anytime Bernie Sanders talks 
take a drink of your buddy's beer, socialism as in practice. There's a good drinking game you could do on our station, probably, is if you hear the word socialism, take a drink, because uh, that's all anyone cries about is socialism. Maybe go look at uh, these candidates and what they stand for before, uh, instead of just crying that, you know, rah, socialism. It's kind of annoying that that's the only thing we point to. And, you know, everyone's got policies that are socialist in in theory. There's We're, we're running all kinds of socialist theories right now, right? They're not even theories. We're running them. We have, we're, we're, we're socialists in, in one way or shape or form when, when it comes to police and fire and all that stuff. And if you want to say that stuff doesn't work, then fine. But uh, yeah, so every time you hear the word socialist on WIZM tomorrow, you have to take a drink. I don't recommend it. Or maybe start after, yeah, let's start after Rush's show, right? Like don't do it during Hayes' show in the morning. Because it's six six in the morning, it's too early. Unless you're still up, unless you work gra- graveyard shift. Um, all right, I'm going to wrap up. So, talked about buying my truck earlier. Me and Mitch, Craigslist. Ended up working pretty pretty well. Uh, online, searched for a long time online to buy this car. So, and search for months and just kept looking at prices and options I want. And eventually figured out what kind of car I want. It started with no, I have no, no idea what kind of car I want and trimmed it down to, okay, I want a car with good gas mileage. And then it was, do I want an electric car? Well, how is an electric car going to work? I, I, you know, talking with my dad and, and other people that, you know, kind of know how batteries work. Um, and in the, the amount, the range electric cars have right now, it was just, it wasn't an option. There's just, there's no way to buy an electric car. And then, hey, I want to go to my parents. Well, I can't on the electric car range that they have right now because they don't go far enough. I don't want to stop midway and, and charge the battery for an hour or a half hour. whole point is get to one place or another without waiting. So finally found a car, options I want. It's in literally in the Bronx, New York, but it's a certified car from the dealership. So uh, they're shipping it. <laughs> they're going to ship me the car. And uh, hopefully I have it in, in a couple of weeks. Still still doing the buying process at this point. But, you know, by next week, I should be driving a car that gets better gas mileage than the uh, two-tone car I drive right now that I hit, I hit a deer with. Uh, Pete's been Pete's calling in. Pete, you got, let's see, got a couple of minutes. Go ahead. Well, you hit a deer with your car, man. That's bad. That, like, totaled it out, right? Well, I, I hit a deer and then I just drove it home. And, and, lucky. and then me and Dad... Well, I didn't. Dad and his friend took the front end off and put a new front end on it. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, I hit a deer. I told my whole car out once. Never even saw the deer. Uh, uh, There was a guy in back of me. It was a quick trip truck, and uh, he was watching me. He goes, uh, he said, all of a sudden, I saw your uh, taillights go dead. And I said, well, (laughs) because it knocked the battery right out of it. It was a big deer. I never saw that. All I saw was a brown flash in front of the car. And uh, he and the guy in back of me he was right in back of me because I just passed the truck. He never even saw the deer either. What told my car out really bad. Yeah, I I uh, I didn't see the deer afterwards. I saw the deer when I hit it, and then I tried to find it afterwards. My car is fine. I kind of drove up and down the road to try to find it because I didn't really want the deer suffering because I hit it pretty well, and uh, I couldn't find it. So I felt really bad because there's like a probably a you know half dying deer lying somewhere in the road or not in the road but in the woods there. Yeah, they're really tough. 
Uh, I was going to ask you, what do you think about this uh, coronavirus thing? You think we're all going to get sick and die or <laughs> throw up on each other or what? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, well, throwing up on each other. I don't even, I, I try not to go overboard on the coronavirus, but yeah, they're, they're, they're sending out alarms now, right? In the United States, the CDC is today that, that, that we need to start really thinking about this. And, and I think uh, we're probably a little behind. I, I don't, I, I read somewhere that our government fired the people that would be in charge of pandemics like this or that, that two years ago, these people were fired. So we don't even have like the, the, uh, the officials in place that would be in charge of something like this. So we might be a little bit behind the times, uh, you know, in, in terms of getting ready for this. But at this point, uh, anytime I, I hear talk of that, I, I like, or I have friends that are, you know, kind of in that, that realm they're just like the, the flu is more dangerous than the coronavirus like we got to worry about yeah. the flu more people are dying from the flu but i don't know if that's yeah, true I, anymore I, as I we go on I, I think it's just all a wash i think uh, uh china's trying to get out or you know relax some of the trade negotiations and the market if you watch the market it was down again today well too many of multinational corporations their uh, vendors are over in china and china's cutting it off so Sounds to me, it just—it just seems to me that uh, you know the timing, uh, the timing of it seemed really uh, 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 suspicious, in my opinion. Well, the great thing about the coronavirus, if there can be one, is China has stopped the wildlife trade because that's where the coronavirus—they they think it initiated with maybe eating wildlife or or something about uh, you know in the, in that realm where where there's a mixture there. So they stopped wildlife trade, which is great because. China's is doing all kinds of illegal stuff with, uh, you know, trade, trade in the, in the endangered species and stuff. So one good thing comes from it, at least. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just thinking, though, that uh, a lot of that film and a lot of that stuff coming out of China is pretty much just, I don't know, I just, I just don't trust the Chinese, you no. know. Hey, you're, you sound, sound just like my dad a little bit. Uh, don't buy a car from China. I got a Honda Civic, so <laughs> we'll see. I don't think that's a Chinese car, but it's just funny. Don't get an America car. I didn't do that, but um, all right. That's all the time we got for today. Uh, Keith, yeah, Keith Knutson in tomorrow. I was going to try to have someone on uh, talk about coronavirus, but maybe we'll do that tomorrow, but we're, I'm out. See you later, guys.